Or you do doing? What? 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 Wait, what? Am I what? 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 Yeah. Marcus, you like movies? Yes, I do. Uh, this is Ebers in America, a podcast about rice. And different kinds of rice. Like yeah. cauliflower rice. Cauliflower rice. With some is... ground turkey. Ooh. That's a good, uh, some seasoned, literally, it sounds super bare bones and boring, but seasoned uh, cooked ground turkey on top of some cauliflower flour rice, a little grass-fed butter, some like, like Himalayan Kerrygold, sea salt. Kerrygold, maybe? It's delicious. Oh, that sounds delicious. I want that right now. I, I don't think I have cauliflower. I don't think I have any of that stuff. I've been I've, cooking a little more. I made some good uh, some good cod and uh, Brussels sprouts for my girlfriend. I uh, made really bad Brussels sprouts this week. Really? Yeah. What was bad about it? We bought Frozen to see what it was like. Oh. And it's just what, you know, oh, I tried yeah, to sure. make it at home and it wasn't the same. Sure. <laughs> I was with Funderburg. And I made that joke, and he got it. There's only a few people who will ever get that. <laughs> so, so I, so I made that. <laughs> right, it's the seriousness on his face. <laughs> I tried to make one at home, but it wasn't the same. Yeah, I, I made that joke actually in jujitsu recently, and one person got it. Oh, did like, they? Yeah. Okay. And I was like, "All right, I yeah. see you, I Mr. See Deeds, you, ladies and gentlemen." Yeah. So the 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 butler, was it a butler? Who John Turturro? No, right, yeah, the butler, but it wasn't John Turturro, but John Turturro was like, you, you I'm really sneaky. seem to, I'm very sneaky, so. Yeah. Um, there's another character who's like sort of a bad guy, uh-huh. who Adam Sandler takes him for Frosties. Takes him, I mean, Jared Harris, you're talking about? He's Is the other anything? bad guy. No, there's another bad guy. Oh, I can't think of. The guy who had the Frosty and tried to make it at home and it wasn't the same. Oh, I only said, because he turned out to be like a good guy. Yeah, I'm saying yeah, he starts him. out yeah, as yeah, a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, him, him. Yeah. I don't know his journey. name, but yeah, yeah, He has yeah. the journey, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, like, it's one of my, f- for, for whatever reason, it's one of my favorite quotes from a movie. I know. I tried to make it at home, but it wasn't the same. In or out of context, it doesn't matter. Yeah, cause cause I was just trying to explain like when I was trying to hand wash my ghee, mm-hmm. I was like I tried to make it at home, but it wasn't the same. <laughs> yeah, it, it it really is comparable. Which or is like weird, talking about I... Ghost Dog. You can just talk about Ghost Dog whenever and I, uh, and well, and you know I can and people often don't appreciate it. I agree. That's even one movie where it's not. I you know, a movie is. Oh, it's almost wow. It's almost ten years old, and there's still Ghost Dog. Yeah, it came out in 99. So it's almost 20 years old. Oh, shit. Sorry. It's almost 20 years old. It's motherfucker! My bad. That's still a movie where it's like, if you're a Jarmish fan, even if you're a Jarmish fan, maybe. But I, I'd like to see that kind of... I'm still leading the charge, because I what love do, those two. What do we got to do to make that movie, like, more beloved? Because it's a very good movie. It is. At this point, I don't know, because, like, Forrest Whitaker, he's a little obscure... These days, he's, in he's terms a, of he's, movies, he's he does. an Oscar. He's an Oscar award-winning and actor, that, and that was his kiss of death, just it, like Lou Gossett Jr. It seems the the aside from like I guess Jennifer Hudson has done pretty well yeah. post Oscar. Uh, Halle Berry, I, mm. I, Denzel Washington, well, that, that, yeah, Jamie Fox, not uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> no. Cuba Gooding Jr. But it, it does seem that, that the Oscar for black actors has not always been so kind. Yeah, like who's, uh, I mean, she's Luce, still she's oh, still working. Louis Gossett Jr., though, like, I'll love him forever because of that movie where where the where the uh, boarding school gets taken over. Oh, Toy Soldiers. Toy Soldiers. Yeah. Man, they that were making, movie's great. Uh, they were making um, mouthwash alcohol. Yeah. That movie. Will Wheaton gets killed. He does. That affected me because I was like 11... I mean, like he lit, he gets shot up with an automatic. He gets, he gets I was like, lit the yeah, he does. I was like, wait, I wasn't expecting that, <clears throat> but yeah, school ties, yeah. And also, no, that was a different movie, School Ties. Oh that, my God, yeah, Toy that's, Soldiers. That's a movie school with ties uh, is cowards. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser. A young Matt Damon. A young Ben Affleck. Yeah, yeah. Ben Affleck is looking like he looks. Ben Affleck just he had that jaw yeah. of someone who commits hate crimes. <laughs> oh jeez. As an actor. Yeah, it's funny. He just, started out as a heel, like remember, like in Mallrats, he was like sort of the bad guy. No, this is true. For, pre that, he was the shithead 
bully and dazed and confused. Yeah, he just that's how that, he's introduced into the world. He had yeah. that jaw. Yeah, yeah, that, he did that hate crime jaw. Yeah, I only laugh because why people, are you laughing at hate crimes, Marcus? Because they're funny. Um, but when you say like a guy like Ben Affleck who and Matt Damon who are from Cambridge, not Boston, hard distinction. Cambridge no, is had had distinction. Had distinction are kind of like I'm high just talking about it. It's oh boy. It's like the Amherst of Eastern Massachusetts. Like Cambridge is super like liberal, crunchy, and they try to disassociate themselves from. But like, if you tell a Cambridge person, if you say they're from Boston, they'll immediately be like, "No, I'm from Cambridge," because there is a there's a hard difference, a high difference. There's a hard difference between it. Fucking gonna go to Donkeys after. What are you doing after? What are you doing later? <laughs> Going to the bad have you yet? You're getting more main sounding. I mean. This is you don't all... want to go down that route. Pet Cemetery. Oh man, they're remaking that movie. I know. Pet Cemetery. I don't. I don't think we've talked about it in the oeuvre of, of grief horror. But uh, I want to. I have to go. I have to walk to the train by myself. Are you getting all nerve? Are you getting... No, I'm legit scared of Zelda. That's like this. That's like the only thing left that frightens me in life. Like in my adulthood, the the sister with uh, spinal meningitis. Yeah, I mean, I I I kind of liked. Um, Pet Cemetery 2 with Edward Furlong. No, I did. T- okay. I do. I got to admit something, though. I, I used to rent that shit a lot. I have not watched that, like, in my adult life. Last time I watched that movie, I might have been in, like, junior high school. Like, I might have rented it randomly. So I haven't seen this movie in over two, 20 years. I don't. I also don't plan on it. I don't know. No, but I'm excited. You hear? I pepped up. Now I, like, want to see it now. Oh, maybe we should have a party. It had an interesting cat. It had. You had Clancy Brown, who was, like, the evil sheriff's stepdad. Who turned into like a zombie? Edward Furlong, the friend, <laughs> Billy Kopecky from. Stop, the, wait, stop. What, tell me to stop. What's stop? <laughs> what? That's no, not got, him. No, but he got that face. He does. He had a no. mullet in in Pet Cemetery too. Also, that's true. Why didn't he blow up? You know how I used to confuse him with a lot. Bobby Budnick from Salute Your Shorts, because they were two like raspy voiced like evil redhead kids. I used to confuse those two a lot. Well, that dude was in was like was in Terminator Two with Edward Furlong. Yes, he was. I and, thought. I thought. Yeah, I don't, he was I think on Webster too when he was a little kid. He was Webster's friend when he was like super super little. But he was yeah. He's one of the kids at the arcade when I, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And he gets he gets yoked. Remember when he see when Robert Patrick sees him in the arcade and then he tries to step in his way. He just fuck out of my face. What are you looking up? Yo, why are you putting me up? Putting me on blast because I was trying to look at that kid. That kid had a that kid had a fuck face. That's what I was talking about. Right, well, we know what the the image for this episode is going to be. Jeez Louise. Um, yeah. So... And then he came down and made me pancakes. It was awesome. <laughs> I haven't seen Pet Cemetery in over twenty years, and I quoted him from the movie perfectly. I don't know why I remember that part of the movie. Also, speaking of like, I don't remember why we got to Oscars, but. We were talking oh, we were talking about, about the kiss of death for black actors. When so you won an yeah, Oscar. I mean, Forrest Whitaker won won an Oscar. He's uh, directed, strapped, and first daughter. Amongst and other hope things. floats. And hope floats. Yeah, it's an interesting oeuvre yes, as a director. Very. Yeah. And but also Louis Gossett Jr. was also in a movie that was introduced to me by a good friend of the show, Tume, Enemy Mine. Oh hell yeah! I fucking love that movie. Yeah, I didn't watch that movie as an old. It's so. I have a question. Movies make me sad when I was a kid because it movie, dies. Yeah, I mean, you know, movies Gives with birth. De- movies with dead dads, you know, who gave birth. Yeah, it's like oh, that's, that's like some that's alienation sad. shit. Literally some alienation shit. Yeah, like that movie Bright. Man, that movie did not shine bright. I still haven't seen it. I it it was way better than people said it was, and it was a lot of fun, but like I, it's not like. It would never be on any year-end lists. And also, like, I didn't realize that Max Landis was connected to it. And he's yeah. he's been proven or been accused of being very problematic. But I'm not surprised. Yeah. Um, you think Will Smith needs a hard reset? He kind of doesn't do, like... He's cool on social media and all, but in terms of movies, he hasn't had, like, a movie with staying power. Like, he was the man for, like, a hot minute. And now it's just kind of like a movie comes out... And it's like, oh. You were the man in Phantoms. <laughs> ben Affleck was the bomb in you Phantoms. You were the bomb in Phantoms, yo. Yeah. Um, no, because I think he has, I don't know. Yeah. Like. 
him and Michael Mann need to come together. That'd be great. Make another, uh, make another good movie. You know, they were talking about making a Bad Boys three. They are. But the problem there's there's a huge problem in that. What's that? The director. Who's the director? Michael Bay. Oh, but you know what? He did the other two, so whatever. which were fine. <laughs> yeah. Like well, the first said, one's more than fine. First yeah, one's great. but, but first not. I mean, Michael Bay, like is. I mean, the Rock. The Rock was a good movie. Yeah, sure. Criterion Collection film, The, the yeah. Rock. I think Pain and Gain could have been good. Oh, God, I don't want to talk about that. <clears> but it wasn't. It's not. And I also hate that The Rock wasted a good performance on such trash. Yeah. Not based on a true story, as the movie always tries to remind you. But yeah. good. What were we about to say? I don't remember. Oh, oh Michael Bay? No, it was like like I had a cool idea for a jumping off point, but I forgot what it was. Oh, it's okay. Okay, but it's fine. Um, yeah, it's like um, Enemy Mine was was such a fun movie. Yeah, and now like I just uh, yeah, I just miss those like that would be that would be a movie that I'd be interested in seeing a remake of. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did to some degree. They made Alien Nation, and then they made that into a show. Right. Yeah. But specifically, any mind, like, I get it. Because there's, like, drama. Just the fact that, like, one of the leads, like, dies almost midway, you know, into the movie. I remember that movie Movie brings up so many... It reminds me of Queens, because I used to rent... My parents used to rent that movie for me a lot. This is before we moved to Massachusetts. And, like, the food, the alien food they ate in that movie was, looked disgusting. But then, like, yeah, just, like, the way he died. And then and then when the kid, Simi, that was the kid's name, he gets kidnapped and taken into alien slavery Yeah. by John Bryan, R.I.P., died way too young, one of the Nexus robots from Blade Runner. He's all, he, he's a good villain. Um, yeah, the movie made me sad, but kind of happy at the end. The score is quietly good, too. Like, the outro song that goes into the credits for Enemy Mine, I think we have a... Dude, when we know was that time you watched Starman? Along, along that yeah, yeah it's, oh that's not true because I oh that is really not true so I watched it last year because Kanye's Runaway video has a lot of similar shots in it so I made a side by side and then I got caught up in watching a scene from Starman I was like wait why don't I just watch this from start to finish so I watched Starman I watched it last year 2017 it's quite good yeah it's pretty good especially for like Carpenter's you know like typical films like it was that movie where it's like it still fits in its filmography but it's not it's still different it's like sci-fi <clears throat> it's an alien body <clears throat> sorry listeners but then it's also like the vibe is different it's more of a fam- family film yeah which I like anything else of course yeah sure you know, you know occasionally directors make family films and you have like the straight story or something this is true yeah PG Disney movie PG good. although I get sad thinking about that movie because Richard PG Farnsworth pretty good yeah, no. Just because Richard Farnsworth, he took his life shortly after that movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, because he had cancer, and when he found out, he was already, like, old. He wasn't, like, debilitated. He was just elderly, and he just wanted control. He's like, I'm not going to be this, like, whittled-down person, so he just shot himself. You know, if that if that was what he wanted to do, I don't know. Yeah. I don't really... I don't, yeah, my opinions about that are, I don't need to talk about that on Yeah, no, we, we we don't. But that's sad. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, Van Gogh killed himself, sort of. Uh, Speaking of, I want to see this, I'm interested in seeing this Van Gogh movie. Uh, there's, I'm yeah, worried about Julian Schnabel, but it still looks good. And I'm a big Willem uh, Dafoe fan. Julian, Julian Schnabel, it's like weird, because like, the diving bell and the butterfly was so good. Mm-hmm. It's like at the time I was like, this is one of the best French movies I've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. Granted, I hadn't watched a lot of French movies. Mm-hmm. Now that I've watched a lot of French movies, I still think it's a very good movie. Yeah. But Basquiat, I had a lot of issues with. People in Basquiat had issues with it. Yeah. Um, or people it was about also, because you know that was that was really that's <coughs> that's one of those true stories. It's like that's like just like his interpretation. 
Yeah, and it's also and, and I get that there's like a little spitefulness because like there's people who are around who are just like that's not how it happened and who are like there like you know for example like I tweeted something about Basquiat and John Lurie DM'd me and corrected me on something not corrected me just like and he was just like just so you know that char- the the dialogue on the basketball court between Benicio del Toro and Jeffrey Wright that's something I literally said to Basquiat uh, one day and that guy. That he plays as a conglomerate of me and Vincent Gallo. Um, oh wow! Yeah, which is coming directly from the source because John Michel Basquiat was legit friends with John Lurie so much so I I love the fact that like and Downtown eighty one proves that him and him and Vincent Gallo were 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 of fans. course of course and the the band that they were in called Gray, but like John Lurie I I know for a fact that they have to be friends because even in Basquiat's passing, John Lurie to this day still talks about him like you talk about a friend it's like no I love him but he was an asshole and I'm still mad at him but I love him he was my friend like that's kind of like the natural way like and men specifically sorry I don't want to get all whatever but like that is how you talk about a friend so I've always admired how John Lurie talks about uh, Basquiat like to this day yeah like there's that Louis, Louis Louis Armstrong song I'll be glad when you're dead you rascal you yeah like did you listen to like they all roasted was that was that was was that okay? It's fine. Okay. It's like, hmm. See, I'm trying to. He did enough. Like, he brought it on himself. I'll just who Louis Armstrong. Um, rest in peace. I'm just no. Did, I, I, I is it like okay to Im, Im, do an impersonation of that song? I say so. Yeah. He okay. had such. A, it's like, but also Louis Armstrong. If you don't do the voice. Sometimes like what are you doing? Like you kind of have to do right. that. Right, it's like awkward. To, uh, it's yeah. like when you tickle someone and they don't laugh, so then you're oh, just man. like grabbing them. <laughs> it's like so awkward. Um, yeah. yeah, no, that song like you're, "I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal," you like is the kind of thing you'd only say to your close friend. Sure. My friend used to sing that song at every birthday of mine. Oh wow. Yeah. Or like after Patrice O'Neill died, they all roasted him on the radio. Yeah, I said some well, mean shit, but yeah, it's like it's of, it's all stuff me, they said when he was alive, right? Part of me wants my 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 funeral to just be like a roasting session, but the thing is, I wouldn't be able to handle it. Well, so on the off chance like I could see it happen, I'd be so sensitive. Yeah, because like I try to be able to dish it and take it, but I think it would be difficult. Right. I just get it would be too much. I would never I would never do a roast and I would never be at a roast because I wouldn't want to be part yeah, of it. Sometimes roasts are it's rough. Yeah. Or or like it's weird. Like the Bruce Willis roast was very strange. I still didn't watch that. Although I do I do know I'm glad that Sybil Shepherd took part just cuz of the fact that towards the end you know Bruce Willis played a big part in kind of messing up her career cuz it happens with he was just like <clears throat> People gotta understand that, like at that time, Sybil Shepherd was the star. Bruce Willis was still on the come up. There was no Die Hard yet, and like, Sybil Shepherd was like Taxi Driver, Last Picture Show. She was like, you know. And then whenever, <clears throat> it's that whole thing. Whenever female actors take their cra- actresses take their craft seriously, oh, she's a total B word. Oh, she's but like, we love Daniel Day Lewis, or like when you hear, like when you just hear certain things about like hard method actors and the stuff they do on sets like that's just being an asshole that's not being a method actor but when women do the same thing it's like oh they're just difficult yeah when you, when, you, when you read that like for um is it my two left feet the one my yeah oh two left uh, my left <laughs> my left foot Jesus my left foot where yeah. like Daniel Day-Lewis made people carry him around did he? I thought it was yeah. a, he was in a wheelchair I mean no, I guess but, he, I but like but like if the wheel he wouldn't get out of the wheelchair so if the wheelchair needed to be elevated he would make like yeah. that's you know what what it, what was it the guy who said well I just act oh um yeah um Lawrence Olivier yeah him and Dustin Hoffman to right? Dustin Hoffman I mean that, that was a great <coughs> try movie, acting though. yeah try acting it's much easier it's much easier so like yeah it's really true that we don't afford the same behavior to women as we do to men mm-hmm. as just evidenced by like Serena Williams at the at the Open this year. Yeah, I had a debate with someone about that, uh, and it's just, I just feel like some men do get called out for that, but I just think athletes all around, like, you're physical, you run around, like, tension's hot, you do, like, you know, 
oh, she's such a poor sport. And my, my thing is, like, so? Kind of. I know it's messed up, but it's, like... I think on both ends of that, which is like, well, John McEnroe does it, but it's like people, you know, you're right. Yeah, but right. John McEnroe you know, was the man in, kind of in Mr. Deeds. Yeah, he was when he jumped over that car. Yeah. Randomly. Mr. Deeds uh, has some funny moments. I'm going to turn this into Mr. Deeds because I got to say, I remember, what? so I was just saying this podcast is just going to turn into a Mr. Deeds podcast because I have conflicted. That's a weird movie for me because, like, we, we were quoting it earlier. That's a quote that for the rest of my life I'll always quote, and there's only certain specific friends who get it. But I'm not, like, a fan of that movie. That and John McEnroe jumping over the taxi. Other than that, I'm not, like, I don't like that movie. I'm not a big Adam Sandler fan. And I've, and I've been on record for a long time. I just think that that type of humor, with the exception of, like, a Happy Gilmore or a Billy Madison or, I guess, Big Daddy, um... Um, the, the movie he did with Damon Wayans was awesome. Bulletproof? Yeah. Again, I don't think I saw that movie since junior high. Waterboy was okay. Oh shit, I'm sorry. I forgot about Waterboy. I, 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 yeah. I mean, he had a moment. I still think you need to see That's My Boy. It's (laughs) so dark. Yeah. It's so dark. You know, yeah, his, 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 his type of humor doesn't always work for me. Um... Yeah, Mr. Deeds has some funny moments. I wouldn't call it a good movie. Sure. Um, Billy Madison, if just for Steve Buscemi, is is a masterpiece. Billy Madison? Yeah. Who? Oh, Doug. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Lipstick. Putting on the lipstick. Lipstick. For some reason, I started thinking about Happy Gilmore for some reason. I'm sorry. No, Happy Gilmore, Happy Gilmore is the golf movie. Yeah, no, no, no. Billy Madison might be my favorite of all... You know, because even this guy, Grandma's voice is, is, is Grandma's see. I don't count that because oh, he's not in it. No, but he, but he is the reason it was made. That's true. I, I, I mess, I mess with him because he like, like David Spade still works because of him. This is true. And I'm not saying like David. I don't know David Spade that well, mm. but I think, I think the kind of person that like makes sure their friends are working. Oh yeah, is is someone I respect like. Like, what I really respected about Mac Miller, rest in peace, was aside from him getting better with every record, he helped a lot of careers start. Like who? Like who? Uh, Vince Staples. Oh, really? I mean, I know they were close. I didn't know it went that... I mean, he produced, like, he produced uh, an entire record for Vince Staples that helped, like, push forth. And, like, Schoolboy Q had his own career, of course. Yeah. but, But Mac Miller, like, made sure, like... He w- he made sure to uh, Chance the Rapper got a big push because of Mac. Mm-hmm. I'm saying, <coughs> yeah, being there's something to be said about like making sure like people have work. Not even just rappers. I respected Mac Miller. He was on the Juan Epstein podcast years ago, and both Cipher Sounds and Peter Rosenberg were just like because Mac Miller had an entourage, small entourage, but they were people that he came up with in Pennsylvania, and they were just like. Every time I see you, you're always with these group of guys, and he was just like, they just they've been my homies since I was a little kid, and they were just like, so so what does each one of them do? And then Mac Miller was trying to like make up jobs for them at uh, at one point, and he was just like, nah, he drives, and this guy he answers, he takes my call, whatever, they, they whatever they 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 do shit. I don't need to explain what they do, which is just his way of just like I got all this money, and these were my my friends since childhood. So I know that they're down. Like they, they didn't know. Like when we were seven, they, they didn't know I was gonna like be this mega star. So I know I can trust him. Right. And he's totally fine. It's it it really is. It's like a real life entourage deal, you know. Yeah, or, or it's like like Chris Rock said, uh, Vanilla Ice knows who his friends are. Oh shit, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz is is Vanilla Ice's friend. They're like best friends. That's... It's some random shit, but yeah, they're very close. I mean, Vanilla Ice. I I I told the story of of me giving him a copy of my my uh, Eskimo concept album. Yeah. But he seems like a nice guy. Sure. Yeah, I don't have much of a opinion about him. I he always was, like to say he he's got... very good, and that's my boy. Wait, he's in. Oh, I don't know. It's a funny movie. Have said that. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I do. I always find it funny. He gets. You don't like my film recommendations. For for in hip hop culture, we always there's that MC Gusto complex of like, oh, you're just like a fake dude. 
Vanilla Ice got destroyed because he did lie about his career. But others, like a Rick Ross, who takes on the persona of a drug kingpin criminal, but literally was an officer of the law, but and no one has a problem with that. You know why? Me. You know why? Because no. his record slaps. For others. No, I mean, me. yeah, it's like we've talked he about knows, this. I, I, yeah, I we've just talked don't about get this. If if like if the things people say are important were important to rap, then like Freddie Fox would be huge. Shine would have gotten out of that bid and been a platinum selling artist. Lil Kim would have been celebrated. Like all the you know, there's it's just weird that that. Yeah, the thing is, like Rick Ross is really good at picking beats, and he's he's put a bunch of people on. I mean, he, he you know he he put out he put on he put out Wale, put out he um, he Stolle. Wale was bubbling. No, no question. Big time. No question. Put out Stolly, um, put out uh, what? I made it when you said Stolly, I went like, oh, I'm falling asleep. Oh man. I'm sorry. That's you know. On the right beat. Like, when he collaborates with, like, West Side Gun and folks like that, he's really dope, I think. Yeah, he did some good stuff with Ski Beats. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because um, Stolly was Meek, loosely associated Meek with... Meek Mill. Yeah, yeah. But Stolly was loosely associated with that whole Dame Dash deal, the DD whatever studio. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just not... Was, yeah, I'm just was, not a Rick Ross guy. Was Freddie Gibbs... Was he on Maybach Music or he was on Jeezy's label? No, he was with Jeezy's... He was on Jeezy's label and they still have beef to this day. That's unfortunate because they make great music together. Mm. Jeezy's another guy that I always liked because uh, Cavalier pointed out that on his first record, mm. he never says I. Mm. All of his... Re- all of his... He's always saying we, us, mm. let's. Mm. Like, it's, it's, it's like some collective is shit of like trying to build up the people around him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I just like that. Yeah. I, I think I think Young Jeezy's great. It's another one. He's another guy I just never got... I tried. I never, like, judged on the surface. I just... It's not yeah, my thing. I mean, Definitely not my thing. Uh, yeah. Not not everybody... Not everybody's for everybody. That's true. Um, I'm a fan of Cavalier. Yeah, Cavalier is one of, one of the best doing it right now. Yeah. And he's, he's a friend of mine. Yeah. I worked on a song of his, and like I said before, every time he sees me, I don't think he ever remembers me. Which is fine. I'm not saying that as a complaint. It's just a funny thing. And it was a song he did with Raekwon, too. That was kind of cool. It's a nice little <clears throat> insignificant thing to put on my resume. No problem. Yeah. Yeah, no, Cavalier's great. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that, that you worked on that record. One song. You were well. Working on one song means working on a record. That's true. I get that mixed up. You said record, so I thought the whole album. I know sometimes people thing. say record is a song, but I don't do that. That doesn't. That's that yeah. doesn't work. For it me. is a record is a song. Um, you remember the movie Maverick? Yeah. I don't know. It's just something that came up in my oh. mind. And I said yeah like that. Just stars the guy I don't like. Yo, I so I was listening to like the Joe Rogan podcast the other day, uh-huh. and they were talking about. Val Kilmer and how good he was in movies yeah. and I was hoping they were going to bring up Song the Song but they did not no I don't think Joe Rogan's bringing up Song the Song no but it was it the was like, who, who, wait what episode who, it was, who was I think it was Sober October oh I skipped that one I went to Tony Hinchcliffe because he liked he used to be a, he used to write for the WWE he's, he's a wrestling guy and Joe Rogan hates wrestling so it's always a fun dynamic but um alright I'll go back and listen no, I gotta so, go back because I got that Nick Kroll there's a couple of episodes oh Nick Kroll was great you know, um, yeah, the political stuff is getting a little divisive for my taste right now. Mm. But like his MMA episodes and the he had an uh, and the two Sober October shows were great. And the last episode, I mean, Joey Diaz on that show is almost always, always amazing. Always, always, always. Um, I listen to that one. They're always like four hours long, so like I might sift through stuff when they're talking about stuff. Now, Joey Diaz is a movie buff. A little bit, yeah. He like, but it, yes. But like that random movie from like nineteen eighty six. Yeah, he or like he'll go on a rant about B D Wong. Yeah, but which I respect. I'm just saying it's like B.D. he's Wong. he's a weird B.D. Wong movie, Wong movie, movie rough. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh hello. Oh oh man. What? Who's coming out to the stage? It's the woman, the myth, the legend, 
Saskia Khan, <laughs> the Wailing Wall of Pain. Everybody refrain, do not understand what she can do. Saskia, what are you doing? Oh, let me put my nipple tassels away. Uh, what? <laughs> oh. What, what, oh, how? they're sore. Oh, oh, okay. I guess, I guess this is a fun right, crowd. Like my <laughs> this is a con- this is a fun crowd. <laughs> yeah. So we, yeah, uh, we're we're just uh, we were just talking Gentlemen. about. Yeah. How are you, Saskia? I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. The world is in wonderful shape. The world Don't is on. The world is on <laughs> fire. My immediate world's great, but in yeah, general, my, yeah, no. my my life is the best it's ever been. Partly in thanks to you, my love. We just Fill the void. Fill the void with lots of things. We just celebrated our fi- our five year anniversary. Oh, congratulations! Yes. That's great. Yeah, remember I sent you pictures. We went to we went to we went to the four one three. Went to my old stomping ground. Your old stomping ground. <coughs> went to yeah. Sweeties. Went to Jake's. Uh, went to see uh, Lucinda Williams. Nice. That's yeah. a very Northampton thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. Did you dip into Amherst at all? No, sorry. It's all good. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You're on a limited time frame. I mean, we all... Where are. was it at? Was that the Iron Horse? No, we, we was at, at the Calvin. The Calvin Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what's up with you? So, you know, I thought I'd come in here, ask a few questions, make sure you guys are still sharp and on your game, getting ready for your big podcast anniversary. Oh, it's true. We're, yeah, we're, all, we're, we're, we're a few away from a hundo. I know. And uh, not to put any of our friends on blast, but we asked all of our previous guests to record a little thing, and only one person has. Although everyone has assured me, like Warren, who I saw not too long ago, he said he would do it. I'll do it for you, Marcus. Oh, man. Uh, Kato Bato said he, he would do it. I'll gotcha. I don't what? know. <laughs> it's like Joey Diaz. That's not Rob Cotto. Avocado. Rob Avocado. No. Rob Marcus. Avocado. Oh, there so. you go. Now you, there, there you go. I'm not trying to be Close. mean. I'm not trying no, to be mean fine. in my in my making funds. No, everyone says they're going to do it. Yeah. But the only person who's who actually did it, I have to double check if we can even publish it. Not going to say. Not going to say who. I'll show you later. Whoa. All yeah. right. Oh. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like that. No, who no. knows? We'll see. No, I okay. know. No. All right. Then I guess no one did it because, uh, yeah. So, folks. So, um, I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on today's society and their relationship with movies. And kind of getting oh, a little don't bit. Don't get us started. I just tweeted before we took a little break, and I yes. just in my t- I tweeted. I said because it's become an epidemic. I don't like people who don't watch movies but have strong opinions about movies, and that's clearly the case more and more. People, like, yo, Wikipedia culture has made people think they're experts. Yeah, but they but they haven't watched it. Society. So, I don't thank think you. I asked the question yet. That is true. Sorry. I th- I, th- I um, thought you did. I thought it was yeah, just I you just being I thought, Well, I'm happy you guys are excited about the. I thought it was like your opinion on society and yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I'll give you a little bit more of what I'm thinking about. Okay. Um, actually, one of your guests and friends, um, in real life into the show, M. Two Megan, actually put up a status today that kind of had my, um, cogs, in motion. Um, he was talking about how people's, um. Uh, the the artists struggle in the world or the time of the content creator. I think. Right. I'm paraphrasing here. No, he see he, he said that we, that that we no longer celebrate artists; we celebrate content creators or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was that was a brilliant tweet. Yes. Yeah, so you know that sparked the kind of what I want to lead you guys into. Um, tell me, you know, you guys are you're out of your youth a little bit. Sorry to tell you. Um, if you had to to say the direction that you know we're the next few generations coming up are going in, what type of coming of age films do you think we're going to be seeing in the next ten years? And um, what would you, if you were to put out a coming of age film that you would try to, you know, say would be a part of? Um, 
your upbringing, what would define kind of, you know, like, give me a sense of what your generation's coming of age movie looks like and what you think the next couple generations are looking yeah. like. Main to main <clears throat> themes, motifs, that type of thing. Broadly. I mean, like, Goonies and Stand By Me were like the movies of my childhood. But you're saying, like, if I were to make a movie about childhood? You could take it, you could tell me the actual ones too. Um, but or tell me about why those films why do you choose those just because they because I love them as as a child there there haven't been like many movies that felt like my story you know that's um, yeah I, I agree I definitely agree but I also feel like there's movies that do define our generation just because like we were that person's age when that movie came out or like Oh, my junior high was like that, or like my high school was kind of like that. Like I always, I I go to Rushmore and Welcome to the Dollhouse specifically. Welcome, well, welcome want, to the Dollhouse was. I think like, I think um, it felt like love, is like the car the coming of age is a type of coming of age movies. No. Well, it's it's interesting. You say that. I mean, I think that's not popular enough to. Right. Really. I think that's I think that's fair. As like a movie about a whole generation. I hear eighth grade is quite good. I haven't seen it mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, I, I'm just asking I'm you because I've never seen that. I do want to see that. Yeah. Um, my next kind of part two to this, to give you the kind wood. of background, that was a great movie. The Wood. What is that about? You relate to that movie? I don't. I know that it's a movie about young black men, but uh, I well, really like that movie. You have to make this about race, Scott. Rapping, so. What's that? You have to make this about race, Scott. It's just about three guys. You started it. You baited me. You just you just race baited me. No, Marcus. I just was like, oh, that's a movie I haven't heard of in a while. You relate to that? I'm just okay. messing with you. Yeah. But stop making it political, Marcus. All right, Jordan Peterson. Yo, that's how you sounded. No, a little Kermit, like Kermit, like. Well, I'll give you kind you... of my anecdotal thing of where, you know, I'm thinking about things going so I was having lunch with a friend today and um, we were talking about the illusions that we're fed every day in our society that make end us making us end up making us feel more isolated in our actual experiences mm. so um, this person grew up single parent um, no siblings and you know that doesn't look like kind of the nuclear family that we see in movies, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and on social media, like with our actual friends and family. And I, what I'm thinking is, I think the next generation of artists or, or content creators, I hope, will be making stories that feature like a little bit more darkness in their, like, visions of reality in a sense sure are kind of like deconstruct i think that we have seen families that aren't we have seen more like single parent families like um and and really kind of birth see, yeah. struggles and that type of thing mm-hmm. um and film but i don't really know if it's really coming to the mainstream as much as i think i, I think hope so it will. No, i, I think, would prefer I think... to see a dark film about dark but with like two-parent homes and sibling like that's because there's that because unfortunately there's a stigma of like single parent home like oh times I'm, are tough things are bad where it's just like people have two parents right shit so sucks. like like, like well, that's what i would one thing know. salons has done well is telling is oh telling thousand fucked percent. up stories about a seemingly about nice families. looking family yeah yeah like i know you don't like the the one movie i really like of his storytelling which i know you don't consider is like a full film no, but I still like that movie. But like that, there's, I like new, that there's movie, nuclear though. families in those movies. Every, every one of his they're, movies, they're super fucked up. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm interested in all types of stories and seeing where things go. Currently, I'm really obsessed with the film Antoine Fisher. Mm. So I had to watch that movie for for school, mm-hmm. and it's because it's considered one of the better depictions of a therapist and client, especially like. Um, resistance and mm-hmm. I was like that's a I want more movies that explore mental health yeah well I think that's, that's what I that's what I that's what I want but also like I'm not the youth I I want to see I want to see a movie like made completely out of Instagram stories or like 
I, th- I was saying uh, either that's in this episode that that's not that far away, or la- or it might have been last episode, how I thought um, Wobble Palace. Wobble Palace did a really excellent <clears throat> use of connecting the zeitgeist in filmic form. That is the most pretentious sentence I've said this year. Hmm. Well, I would say that the American dream kind of really dominated world cinema because you think of Hollywood as like the top of kind of you know cinema for like the 20th century and so far into the 21st in a lot of ways um what do you think the new American dream is as far as the driving force of media for the next you know 50 years failure Hmm? like I feel like like the rider is like the is is like the most American movie that's different than the American dream so I'm saying, what if if the American dream is no longer the American dream in a sense? What is it? What's taking that place? If it's changing, if it's evolving, if it's not the same, you know. Oh, the different. I think the it's being like going viral to some yeah. degree. That's like the American dream. I mean, world also because it's internet, but still, like no one's more about that viral culture than than Americans, in in my opinion. So that's kind of the new thing. Which like, is funny. Hey, I trended today, or I got this thing I tweeted. Like, because a lot, half the time when a tweet or an Instagram something goes viral, it's by some person with like 50 followers or something. And that's their like 15 and then, minutes and then, of thing, literally. And then they tweet about, oh my God, I made it. Like, yeah. they're always yeah. like, oh my so God. I'm like, yeah. I don't know who you are. Exactly. You know, some, you know. Um, it's tough because I don't even know if people will care about movies in 10 years. Sometimes I fear that. It, like, even if you see, as you see, like, Filmstruck going out of business or whatever. Or this great interview that Tim Blake Nelson recently gave where he was talking about working on movies now. You hear and see, like, directors, cinematographers saying, it doesn't matter what's in the background. Someone's going to be looking at this on their phone. Or it's just like, which is really weird right. to, 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 to think about that. And I'm I'm pro watching a movie on your phone as long as you've seen it in a better because I have a bunch of movies on my phone but it's every movie it's something I've seen on the big screen or on a nice television like it's not my first time watching something on I'm on not myself. yeah I'm not going to tell people how to watch something I'm yeah, saying, yeah, yeah, yeah the thing about virality is that it's so quick and it's so ephemeral mm. that the fact that it takes two years to make a movie mm. may make it people what, might, what's the point what's the point mm-hmm. and. The movie "Sorry to Bother You" captured captured the the viral Instagram oh, Twitter sure shit um, really well. And I'll maybe leave. maybe one more question. Yeah, my do. last. Well, I I love what you were saying about um, the cinematography, the aspect of cinematography being so stretched to its limit of like why of its importance at this point. Um, and I think about that in real life, like. You know, so I'm lucky enough to like be on the elevated train when it crosses the bridge into the city. But more often than not, I am still in my phone. Right. Mm. Like I will acknowledge the light, and I'm a, and I work in visual art for mm-hmm. like a second, and I will like self shame and be like, look at it, like look at it for the whole thirty seconds. Look, look, look at what now? The light, like the the light of this, like in the skyline in the yeah. sky. You're on a train over the bridge. That's yeah. true, and I and I, I get, won't. Yeah. And I'll still go back on my phone. And my phone addiction is so bad right now. Like, it's actually giving me stigmatism. <laughs> Let me just say two aspects. There's one way to go. Should everyone's, like, I love, I literally, I have not, I love my phone. I have no, but when it comes to, like, on the train, I'm sure there's plenty of times outside the train where you've, like, appreciated the light and, and the sun. Like, if you go to the park or if you're walk, just if you're walking, it's easier, like, a lot of people do it, but I feel like people in this room aren't, like, walking through Manhattan going like that. I've done it, and then I'm like, and then I almost walk into something, so I'm trying not to do My it. thing is, though, when people were on the subway before we were even born, I know it's different, but they're still similar. Their faces were buried in newspapers yeah. and books all simultaneously, so, and so, so that lightens the blow for me. And I'm someone also, too, where it's like, when I'm on the train with people, we're always... I'm never on my phone. I'm talking to someone. But if I'm by myself, 
Like New York is, I I don't want to be bothered. I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah, so I, I have think, I have no guilt in like yeah I'm on my phone. I give that example because it's such yeah. like a good containment yeah. of time where sure. it's like I could be like oh this is a good opportunity to like like it's thirty seconds like I could just take this in and think about like the colors and like you know that that means but yeah True. but I see your point too. My my question is what um, when I see the when the light for me it's like oh good the the uh, service is back. I'm I I have, I'm just being straight up like oh good I'm just being honest. I meant the sunlight though. No, I'm saying no. When when the sunlight comes out and I'm on the train, I'm like oh service will be back now. Like yeah, that, like that's oh, my oh, thing. Oh 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 oh, yes. like cell service. Yes. I got you. I yeah, you're talking about phone. Yeah. No, no 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 no. MTVA service is terrible. I yeah, yeah, so yeah, I got nothing so good to say about that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I used to take the buses a lot because I would just look at the world, and then I sometimes would see I'm taking the bus, but now my head's in the phone. And at least when my head was in a book, I feel like it's just a little more productive. Yeah. Not to say I don't get stuff done with the phone, but I hear you. Well, my question for you is this. Um, it's kind of a personal question. In your daily life, uh, or maybe not on the daily, but in your like daily life as a vague term, do you ever feel influenced by the light of the space that you're in? And does it ever make you think about your own kind of self-narrative movie, like, in your own head? Of course. Since, yeah, definitely. But, and when was the last time that happened? Uh, or, like, Friday. a time that happened. What, yeah. fr- it was last Thursday or Friday when it was, like, really rainy and gray. Actually, it's daily now because I'm always someone this time of year. I always comment on how, oh, it's 545. It feels like 9 o'clock. Right. And so, it's, like, so, yeah, every day. Yeah, like, every day. And then I have to, like... There's a couple of things that I do outside of my job, which is a big part of my life, but I don't... I'm big on the, like, if I go home, I don't just turn the TV Like, there's things I have to do. Like, I have a website. I have a podcast. I go on other podcasts. I write for other things. I I used to make music. Is that so, what so your there's, like, a lot about? of stuff. Huh? Is that what your movie would be about? Yeah, not... Yes. <laughs> like, working in a... Even though my job isn't, like, your typical, like, job job, there's some create some creativity to it. There's still other things that I'm creative about. So it's that struggle to not let my job get all of my uh, energy. So this is like act one of your movie. It's the whole plot of it. Oh. Yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't broken up in the action, but that's the basic premise of, of my movie. In my, my movie last night, I was walking over the Williamsburg Bridge and the light on... Which is pink. Yeah. The light on the graffiti and on the, on, the, on the walls as you are about to get into Brooklyn is so cinematic and so beautiful and yeah I don't know I feel like I'm in the first act of the second film of my life and what's happening this it's Never coming down, been there, done that. I ain't making second rounds, my motivation is real. Not premeditated on a motive to kill. Bit of truth, you can taste, you can feel. Holding your skin like I'm putting you on. So it begins, written this song. Tony the Tig, rolling splits to the car. Catch a whip, wishing on stars, taking RIPs on the bomb. Watch for the blitz, pop quiz. Who I'm spitting this for? Not just some other ink. This so my brother might put down his drink. To bump in the kitchen for the cooks and the clink. Who serve meals? To brothers serving deals. To whom they threw the book in the blink. While rappers commit perjury, this my sense of urgency. This for my sister surgery, niggas who never heard of me. Nigga, I'm an expressionist. Type of nigga might say nigga with emphasis. This for my niggas, naggas, the niggas, and the empress. For Hasidic robes against Zionism. For my black president and crack settlements, yes. My medals still got fiends, strange medals. Co-defendant, co-dependent, heroin leans. Metal magazines will make you a top story. Without the glory or the allegory, shit is all. So what you want me to do? Don't judge the news, cause it came with a blunt in the blue. It's been a truth, yeah. 
take the pumps like hit me in the gut. Yeah. We in the club, smoking jazz and down the blood. Well, smoke Southside hitting it. Cause the weed so intricate that East Coast hit me shit. Take the pumps like hit me in the gut. Yeah. We in the club, smoking jazz and down the blood. Well, smoke as I sit around with more blow than Bill Bixby, see the change, the 213 range, see the kick speed, gun on my waist, moving with bass, running from Beretta, yo, my mule's name Blue Shutter from the States, you wrong, she blowing Keith up in a bong, rocking knee-high Fendi boots, she just got bad, got in Milan, I said to my nigga, let's kill her, we got big shit to lose, besides living like Carlos Slim, I hold a Uzi, looked at me, yeah, sinister Grandless winners, strong British accent, yo, we jumped in the fist, going to 10, the highway's hot, we loaded heavy bag full of hundreds, if we can stop, kid, for real, yo, we murder by numbers, tasting Sheba, sipping tea in the coupe, doofy silencer, that's Luke, lay you under cars, eat your fruit with more stripes than Adidas set, Greg Roof watching baguettes, black hard bottoms, my hoe in some sweats, the wrong way's the long way, homeboy, tell me about it, we don't do jails, cause if we get rocked, my niggas got me smooth sales, eat the steaks, bringing Frozen lobsters in control the space. We mafia. Take the pumps like hit me in the gut. We in the club smoking jazz and down the blood. Well, Southside hitting it. The weed so intricate that East Coast hit me shit. Take the pumps like hit me in the gut. We in the club smoking jazz and down the blood. Moving O's to the okie doke Max out, hit he stay like it's the last out But one hit it, he passed out Yes, he was too swagged out Paint with intelligent slang, veteran swag And change elements from what he have in his medicine bag The fly is veteran, hence why your highness is fitting You know it's right when your guys play your rhymes at their weddings Yo, take the pumps like hit me in the gut yeah. We in the club, smoking gas and down the blood well, you know, say love, Southside hitting it Cause the weed so intricate that East Coast hit me shit Take the pumps like hit me in the gut, yeah. We in the club, smoking dancing down the club. Say love, say south side, hitting the weed so intricate that East Coast hit me, yeah.